Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Some of my favorite stories I ever get to hear are those of someone with an idea or a dream and the fortitude and gumption to turn it into reality. We love the examples like Steve Jobs and company starting Apple in the garage in Cupertino or William Harley and Arthur Davidson putting small engines on a bike in a woodshed in Wisconsin. It speaks to the drive, creativity, and discipline that we typically associate with American industry. My guest today has a story that draws similarities from both of those previous examples. Isaac Lewis is the founder of Anchor Training and joins me today to tell the story of the company and the product that they created. From using a 3D printer in a garage to create prototypes, to having a massive assembly warehouse and outfitting every single professional sport with their flagship cable training system. This is a great conversation that is very encouraging and motivating to anyone listening who has an idea and wants to turn it into a business. So enjoy this episode of the Nomad Strength Show with Isaac Lewis. Welcome back to the Nomad Strength Show. I'm here with Isaac Lewis today of Anchor, and we're going to get into a lot of what that means because when I say he's the creator of Anchor, everybody's like, what do you mean he created the Anchor? I'm like, no, not the Anchor. I, like, I had this conversation <laughs> when I told a couple friends that you were coming on. I'm like, no, not the Anchor like on a ship. It's a it's a really rad piece of training equipment. So like, I want we're going to obviously get into all that. But uh, thank you, man, for making time. I'm glad we were able to get this thing scheduled and, and chat for a little bit. Awesome. Well, no, thank you, Ross. Excited to be on here and uh, I was looking forward to the conversation here. This would be great. Yeah, we uh, we spent a little bit of time together a few weeks back at Winter Strong. You guys were a part of everything going on down there, providing a couple of the a, a couple of your uh, tools down there on some of the rigs that were camped out outside so everybody could test them out and use them and stuff. And that was the first time that I had uh, actually gotten to use one in person because, you know, I'm obviously plugged in with a lot of the people that are there. And so I've seen everybody using them, but I hadn't had a chance to actually get hands on one. Um, but it was kind of cool. We, me and you got to hang out and just chat for a while at winter strong. And, uh, that's always a rad, uh, weekend. And so I want to hear a little bit about like what your experience was being down there and it, taking in everything that that weekend is. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely a, a one of a kind event, especially for, folks like us, but the neat part is that you know, our product, it, it just kind of speaks, I think, to the versatility in terms of the realms and communities that it's brought us into, that we would have never thought that, hey, yeah. you know, our, our product's going to be used at, you know, an event like Winter Strong, where, you mean, the outdoors community is there and seeing, hey, it can fit on a rig outside and that, hey, it's so small, you can take it anywhere. The neat part, too, I think the first time that Bert Soren had used it was I think he was feeling like the pull on it. He's like, Oh, this 
feels like something I could measure some poundage on here and I'm drawing back. And so, uh, that was like, wow, well, I've never actually heard, you know, a few years back when you first tried it out. Um, I never had heard that before too. So I think it kind of just spoke to, like I said, the different communities that it got us into, but you know, the event itself was, was spectacular. And, you know, one of the big things with, you know, since we started our company, the people that we've met, absolutely incredible. And, And that event specifically, like, you know, you get to sit down with people and it's not until you do that, ask a few questions and, and they kind of open up and you kind of, you know, show some genuine curiosity of, Hey, I really want to know like, Hey, what's your background? Because there's so many neat people there. And, um, it makes you feel, wow, like that's pretty incredible when someone goes through their life story in like five minutes that just even <laughs> scrapes the surface. It doesn't even get exactly. into any depth at all. Um, so for us to be there and for, Hey, a product that, you know, I see tons of these really well-known people using our product, just casually playing around with it, you know, without me facilitating either is, is the coolest part. Cause at an yeah. event, it's just, you know, natural and, uh, we're not a very salesy company either. It's once people get the hands on the product, they're like, Oh wow. Like and their brain starts going to this could be used for yeah. this and I could mount it here and, and this is how I could implement it. So, um, it was, it was really neat to interface that way and, and be a part of that weekend. I think the first time I had actually seen, seen one of the units was the video that Bert had done where he put it on the back of his truck, on his truck, yeah, on, on his bumper. And he was doing like a workout doing basically box jumps on the tailgate of his truck and then had it like sit up, set up on his bumper and doing all kinds of pulls and rotation exercises with it. I'm like, okay, well, that's a pretty good way to sell everybody that's going to be at Winter Strong is to have like a video that yeah, shows you doing he, stuff like that. It was pretty rad. He's good at that. And it was a pretty cool setup. And it just speaks yeah. to, hey, you can really use the product in so many different ways. And when he was like, hey, you got any extra of these little mount pieces? I'm thinking of putting them on the truck. And I said, here, you're in. We'll send them to you. Uh, curious to see what you come up with. And he mounted them yeah, to the side of the truck bed. And then he, he created two. He has a mount for his hitch on there, yeah. too, that he can mount it right to the back on the hitch. So um, that was really cool to see. And it kind of just when someone like that takes it and, and, you know, makes the video on it, puts it out there, it's yeah. like, Hey, look at the possibilities. And then other people are going to think of 10 other things that, you know, I would have never thought of. Well, let's talk about what it is. Cause we've been talking about it yeah. for five minutes now and haven't given the breakdown <laughs> of exactly what it is, because it is really a unique piece of, of training equipment. And, and you and I, when we were sitting down uh, that first morning, we hunt, we sit and chatted for a while and, uh, you know, I mentioned to you a lot of the guys that I coach and a lot of the people that listen to this show are a lot of home gym type people, like very, very minimalist in their training setups. Like, how can I get the biggest bang for my buck where I can do a lot of things in a, either a small footprint or mm-hmm. something that's going to give me a lot of carryover, a lot of versatility with different exercises and movement patterns and stuff. And so like take it from there and give me the the basic breakdown on what exactly it is. And then, and then we can get in the story, like how this even yeah. came about. Yeah. So the, the product you're talking about, so anchor, so that's the name of our product or company's anchor. We call the product, the anchor, but we also have the anchor pro. So it's kind of this generations of products, but it's a flagship cable machine. So when you think of a cable machine at the gym with the pulleys, the weight stacks, you imagine one of those, but way more compact. So it yeah. fits in your hand. It physically only weighs about eight pounds, but it provides a lot more resistance. And so the way it works is you have a center, what we call the base unit. That's where the handle, the carabiner, the, the actual cord will come out. So you'll be able to pull from there. And then the way you adjust the resistance is on either side of the product, you can put these little handheld, what we call resistance plates, and you can spin them onto either side of the product. And by adding them on to either side, that's what increases the resistance and the tension on the cable. And you take them off to lower the resistance. And then we have this series of what we call just interchangeable mount options where you can mount it using a a strap that will go around any pole, fixture, fence post, squat rack, tree, you name it. Mm -hmm. Or we have ones that will go into like a rack. So like, you know, Sornex rack with the peg holes. It's a fully like machine metal piece that allows you to actually mount it through the peg holes and have a quick little easy adjuster knob to move it up and down. And then as well, we have options that would go into like a wall stud into a lot of facilities or home gyms or clinics. 
where it's just going to be like a six foot rail that goes into the stud and slides up and down. So essentially you have your cable machine that can slide up and down on the track. You can do movements from low to high or mid or all the way up, but it's taking that cable machine experience where there's always tension on the cable in both directions. Mm -hmm. And all we did was we made that way more accessible. So the footprint's way smaller, it saves more space, and it doesn't have the same price tag of you know thousands of dollars in a cable machine. Yeah, it's a it's a lot less. So for us, the simplest way to put it is we tried to take a cable machine, make it more accessible. And that's and it's kind of crazy when you actually see one and hold one, like just pick it up. Like you said, at most it weighs like eight pounds, around eight pounds, and it's about a yeah. foot long or so. You know, and you can like hold it yep. between your hands. And then when you when you actually use one, you're like where's all this weight coming from? Like, I don't even yeah. understand how this is able to, to give me this much resistance. It's crazy. And I think that's the thing that was really surprising for me. And I imagine it's probably the same thing with everybody when they use it. They're like, wait a minute. Like I'm not, there's not a pulley where I'm lifting up weight on the other side, like a traditional cable machine that you would see in a gym. So like, where's this weight coming from? I don't get it. <laughs> so like, exactly. How- yeah. I would say that- that's one of the most common reactions too is when people have never used it because our product is so tactile because it's new. You don't know what mm-hmm. it's going to feel like. It's going to feel mm-hmm. good. It's going to have enough resistance. It's going to feel smooth. Like, you know, we hear that all the time. It's like, hey, try it. And then once people try it, the 90% of people go, wow, like this is more resistance than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, because even like when we, you know, advertise, we advertise the actual, what we call one-to-one ratio poundage or resistance. So what you feel is what you get on a yeah. typical pulling machine. There's mechanical advantage based on how many pulleys are in the system. So a lot of them are two to one or four to one, meaning if they label the resistance at 100 and it's a two to one, it's really going to be 50 pounds. Whereas for us, it's one to one. So when we say, hey, you're getting 65 pound max here, one to one, it feels a lot more than when people think, hey, I'm just going to do 65 on a cable. Um, So that's common. But the way the mechanism works, so it's a it's a series of torque loaded spring mechanisms that we originally you know filed for the patent was the incremental loading and deloading of that mechanism on a center spool mm-hmm. um, is what creates that resistance. So we have like five pound, inc- five pound increments, 10 pound increments, two and a half. And when you add those together, they all interconnect through like a center shaft that, that mates. And then we have that small cable that's wound really compactly in that center unit. Mm-hmm. And that's all connected. And essentially the more of those plates you have on there, the tougher it gets to pull that cable off that spool. It's so rad. And and smooth is probably the first word I used when I was messing around with it. Cause it is surprising. I mean, like you think something like that would be, I don't know. I like, I honestly didn't yeah. know what I was <laughs> going to like, what I was expecting when I, when I went out to use it. And so I was, it, I was pleasantly surprised, man. It's, it's a really rad piece of equipment. And I want to ask like, so is there a, some sort of, machinist or engineering background that you have, or were you just the idea guy? You're like, I need to find somebody to do this because this, <laughs> like I have this idea. I just don't know how to make it. Or do you know, do, did you know how to make it? Yeah, there's, there's always a uh, guy behind the curtain, but, yeah. uh, for, for me, so I, I had a, not a, what I'll call robust formal engineering technical background. Mm-hmm. So for me, I even used to work, you know, I worked as a project engineer for a bit, but that you know, was understanding of some systems, not actually being able to do design work and build. So yeah. I met a classmate in this, you know, when, if you want to go into the story, but yeah, uh, he's the mechanical engineer and okay. he actually, Hey, you know, went to school to be a can- mechanical engineer. He also is essentially like a full mechanic. Like, you know, he can build stuff, use his hands. He's not just like an engineer that can, you know, design on a computer and then, you know, yeah. kind of hand it off at that point he could do everything from the, you know, the nitty gritty in the garage. So that definitely, you know, made it all possible for, you know, the two of us starting, you know, company on ourselves and being able to launch it out of a garage with, you know, the knowledge base that we had. And essentially it was a, it was a 3d printer, but, um, so yeah, he, he's the man behind the curtain. So happy to, you know, if it makes sense now to go into that kind of this starting story for us, Let's but do it, man. he was, take, he was the man at the beginning. Give me the, give me the Steve jobs garage <laughs> Apple story. <laughs> so, so yeah, for, for us, so I'm uh, originally, actually I'm originally from Canada. And so I came over to the, to the States and so many Canadians, if, if you're really, you know, into, into sports as a, as a kid and, and you want to play competitively, you, you want to come over 
to the U.S. for college. That's just like a thing. So I, I grew up, you know, hockey was huge, obviously being Canadian baseball. So I came over for, for college and I had a really bad injury and I dislocated my shoulder, needed labor repair, reconstructive mm-hmm. surgery. So that was my junior year of college and obviously wanted to make a comeback to keep playing my senior year. So once I was ready after the surgery and had some mobility to start building some strength with the athletic trainers there, I started using cables way more. Always, you know, always new cables using, but never really that much. And it was kind of like, wow, like, you know, how come I'm using these? It's because they're super easy on the joints. Yeah. You can change the resistance easily. You can work in so many planes because it's not just, you know, gravity like a free weight. So it's like, wow, this is great. And then it kind of came to the observation of even in our varsity room, we had like one good cable machine. And it's like, well, why do we just have one of these? These are so great. And you've got, you know, a whole varsity teams going in there. So it's tough from a capacity standpoint and athletic training rooms got one old one. So it's like, well, how come? And it's because they're typically massive pieces of equipment. They take up a, a lot of space and they're cumbersome. Um, and they're really expensive commercial pieces. So it's like, Hey, well, you know, that's, you know, the barriers, um, is there any way to make a good feeling resistance experience that's, you know, more accessible that, that doesn't have some of those barriers. So that was kind of the idea in my head. And then after, uh, undergrad, I, I got back kind of a little rush to play and ended up playing briefly in, in Europe. And then I came right back to a grad program, um, at a school, small school called Babson college, just outside mm-hmm. of Boston. So that's what brought me to Boston and okay. you know how we're still here today. Yeah. It's a small school, like 2,500 students, but it's like purely like an entrepreneurship startup school. Like it's oh, nice. You can even for undergrads there, like you can only go, it's like a business degree is it. And all their thing is like, we want to be good at entrepreneurship and teach entrepreneurship. And so that's cool. that was interesting to, to me at the time. Cause I kind of had made a, a shift from thinking that I was going to go down the medicine route of, I did pre-med, I did neuroscience, ah. brother's a doctor, sister's a vet. I was like, you know what, it's just a calling, you know, for the yeah. siblings got to fall in line here. And then ended up, I guess, being the black shoe was like, you know, the startup stuff seems interesting. I don't think my personality is really down that kind of more institutionalized path. So I was said, you know what, someone had turned me on to this program in the school. I thought it was interesting. I thought Boston would be a good city to go to. Um, so I dove in and one of the projects that we had to do in this one year master, it was a master of science program was pitch a business idea. So, you know, oh, I'm nice. like, well, I got this idea I'm, I'm sitting on here. I was like, yeah. I think this would be great. I'm like, I would use this. I think so many other athletes, coaches would want this, um, you know, if we could execute it. And so I presented the idea. And that's where I met my classmate, Nathaniel, who's my co-founder. So the two of us ended up starting the business. And he's like, hey, I think I have an idea of how that'll work. And he had the exact same shoulder injury as me, which we definitely bonded over that. Oh, wow. Um, but he's yeah. more of an extreme sport guy. He's a mountain biker, a yeah. snowmobiler, snowboarder, surfer. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, he he had kind of a, a different, you know, sports background than me. But, you know, it's it's the same. You kind of bonded over that. It's just, you know, competing and being out there and, and training. So, uh, we got along really well and he was also a mechanical engineer. So mm-hmm. he was from the Boston area, which worked out great because he had a buddy down the road who had an auto shop, who had a 3d printer. So he let us use the 3d printer. That's right. So we made the first model there and, uh, we thought the first model was awesome. You know, when you look at it today, <laughs> I've got it on the shelf in our in uh, one of our, our conference rooms here, we kind of have all the models that we've 3D printed along the way. And it's, you know, it's a little piece, little box that would get, uh, you know, maybe it was 15, 20 pounds of resistance sure. and uh, two feet of cable. And that was it. Like yeah. couldn't adjust it or anything. And it was like, <laughs> we're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. This and, is it. <laughs> um, and then we are thinking like, well, how are we going to mount it? And uh, day one, we actually used uh, like a sea sucker. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's a, uh, it's like a roof rack for a lot of like either luxury cars or cars where people don't want to put rails on. You can actually oh. put suction cups and put like a bike rack on it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, yeah. that was like day one because we're like, hey, how do we do this temporarily? So we were trying it on like drywall and cars and obviously we that didn't last long, but it allowed us to like test it out and, yeah. and uh, at least see what the experience was like. So then we kind of had that. We're like, well, I think people are really going to want to adjust the resistance. So we got to figure that out. And then, okay, how are people going to mount it? Are they going to put it on a wall? Are they going to put it on a door? Are they going to put it on a rack? We kind of didn't know. So that's where, hey, we should make it interchangeable because, yeah. you know, we'll be able to learn on the fly. And 
And then, Hey, we finished the program and we're like, Hey, like, I think this is, you know, this might have legs because, you know, we showed a few local coaches or trainers and people were like, yeah, this is really interesting actually. Like this, this is kind of neat. And so we kind of made the leap and we set up shop in his dad's garage because he was just north of Boston is, is where he was from. And so his dad let us kind of just take in the garage, you know, originally one part of the garage and then it kind of grew to taking a bigger portion and then eventually spilling over to the basement and, uh, you know, after being there for some time. But so, so we kind of dug in there and we would go in there to build all the products and, the two of us, you know, chipped in a couple thousand dollars to buy a nice 3d printer that we could run our own prints on and change the models. And so it was really the two of us, the 3d printer in the garage, um, kind of day one. And from there we were able to get models into a bunch of different coaches hands. And to the point where people were like, Hey, they wanted to buy the 3d print models off us. And so we're like, okay, like this is, this is good. And the problem is, is that a 3d printer, it's awesome for prototyping. Um, cause you can just change anything on the fly, right? We can test them out. Oh, the shape doesn't fit. Printed another one. A couple hours later, you've got the new product and with a good quality 3d printer, it's like a usable product, 3d printing. Yeah. Like we could print a whole unit and give it to a actual trainer and they would use it. And, uh, the problem is, is that it takes like a day and a half to print one product. So right. from a scaling standpoint, not very efficient, uh, creates a little bit of what they'd call a bottleneck. Yeah. Um, not very efficient so, process. <laughs> e- exactly. And uh, from there, we, hey, we had a couple early customers that came on. And one of those early customers, he was actually, uh, he was actually at uh, Winter Strong. Uh, I don't know if you met Adrian. He was down there with me. He's from uh, Northern Vermont. Um, oh, I did get a chance to meet him. And uh, he's, I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely introduce, he's a great, so he's yeah. a coach, he has his own facility up in, okay. uh, up in Vermont, okay. um, strength coach up there, he does a lot of the, you know, regional athletes in the area, sure. you know, college or pro athletes, a lot of snowcross guys, but then he also started his own kind of ridgeline athlete program too now for, uh, for any, you know, hunting, backwoods yeah. uh, training as well, but at the time, you know, he was a connection from a guy I played college baseball with that knew him that was from Vermont. So I knew him. So he had one of our products and he was doing like a consulting call for the New Jersey Devils on some specific training technique. And just at the end of the call, he was like, Hey, you guys ever check this out, this product out? And they're like, what's that? And then they started demoing it. And so we got a call from the New Jersey Devils and then they wanted the product, their players wanted the product. And then once they had it, the Coyotes called up and the Rangers called up and the Penguins called up and you just, you know, at that level, all the guys talk. So all of a sudden, you know, like, you know, some of the prominent customer base is already, you mean these NHL teams and players. And from there, it really got us going of other coaches seeing, Hey, what are these guys using, you know, at at the NHL and fellow coaches seeing it online. And it just started to, to snowball, um, just through kind of word of mouth and sharing. And so we were, you know, building in the garage and, we had some other college buddies, local buddies down there helping us build and just started to, to grow that way of more people yeah. finding out about us, liking the product. And, you know, we were just kind of doing a bit of everything. And, you know, it definitely got to a point in those early days where, you know, in Boston in February on a slanted driveway, taking a pallet jack down there and receiving commercial <laughs> shipments in the neighborhood gets a little dicey uh, in terms of the neighbors, but also just trying to bring a pallet down a sloped icy driveway is uh, yeah. not recommended. So, um, you know, got to the point where, hey, we need to move into a facility. So we went in the town over, found a couple thousand square feet and set up our production there. So the way it, you know, has been since day one, we get raw parts from all over. We get raw parts from the U S we get raw parts from overseas. Everything comes together in raw components. And we do all the assembly build and house and testing and fulfillment under one roof, which we still do to this day. And, awesome. you know, we've been proud to maintain that. And, you know, as we've been scaling and growing, you know, our ability to, you know, do more under one roof definitely has, has been able to kind of expand, which is, you know, what we've always kind of had the vision for. And so, you know, built up the assembly line. And then a big thing for us was building kind of the back end that we said, Hey, like our future of the company really hinges on innovation and building the next gen of the product. So I mentioned earlier, like we had two generations out now because once we launched the first one, it was more for like personal athlete use and it really became a facility product. People were putting yeah. in their facilities because they're like, wow, this is space saving. Like I 
I'm not going to lose any square footage and I can be able to do all my pulling exercises, with my clients or my athletes. And then it kind of became a capacity thing of, Hey, I have a group of 12 coming in here and I don't have, you know, six cable machines if I'm flipping off with that group. And so now I can, you know, turn all my racks into cable units or, or line up a wall. And now my capacity goes up. So kind of these different use cases really from a facility perspective, being the majority of our clients. So yeah. we kind of built a lot of our, our brand around the performance realm um, because so many of our other customers, like I said, those pro teams in the NHL was kind of the first big sport. But once they had a, you know, MLB baseball and I mentioned yep. some MMA UFC fighters started using it and yep. then NBA basketball and it just, you know, it started to kind of spread throughout the ranks. And we've, you know, like I said, built a brand around that. And since then, we're, we're in our third facility now and built out the engineering team and even our capabilities in-house. So we still have the 3D printers in-house. We have the CNC machines, the lathes, the welders, the saws. So, you know what I mean? That's cool. The ability to do metal work in-house allows us to move a lot faster, especially for prototyping. So um, it's been, you know, quite the journey and, and build up over the last few years. And we've had some really big moments Um you know, with one being that we actually got mandated in the NHL. So meaning that all 32 NHL teams by league rule, which was the coolest thing I actually wrote our brand into the CBA that they have to supply our product for the visiting team when they're in town at every single arena. So like, I mean, that was a huge win. And it's to say, Hey, we're this like small company out of, you know, the North shore of mass that building, you know, all the products in here that it's just still to this day, my co-founder and I, Nathaniel, we don't have any outside actually investors of VC. We've, we bootstrapped the whole thing. Um, just kind of been grinding it out. But the fact that, Hey, we're able to get a deal with the NHL and, uh, we're just about to announce one with the PGA tour as well. Um, they've basically put, did a full outfit of our products in all their PGA performance trailers that go on all of the tour events. So it's like, you know, it's 18 wheeler and the inside's a decked out gym and because our product's super space saving and you know what I mean? They outfitted it there. So they've got it. And, um, it's been pretty, you know, wild for us to see, you know, just as a small company that, Hey, we're, we're in every professional league and that's cool. But not just that too. It's like, Hey, you have pro sports, minor league sports, college sports, high schools, your private facility, or even just personal training studio or, home gym and then military and physical therapy and athletic training. Like it's just been such a widespread, um, board to see, wow, it's like I said, not because we created a new form of training. It was just making a cable machine and that feeling more accessible was simply what we did. And it gave people the freedom to be able to, Hey, save space, save budget, increase Mm -hmm. capacity of what they're able to do. Um, by making so, a, a more compact version of it. So take me to the the moment when, like, the, kind of that early on after you guys got that, uh, you said it was the Devils, right? Were the first team? Oh, they uh, were the first team, yep. So in that, like, span where now all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're probably, you know, staying fairly consistent with the amount that we're creating, and now all of a sudden yeah. we, need to, we need to up the output, like, 800%. Like, is there that where you're, like, you and your partner are sitting there, what in the world or how are we going to do this? Like what is going on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we were in the garage and it was a pretty tight space. And I remember too, we were trying to get all more parts in. The biggest thing was too, was getting parts in, you know, building them fast enough. And then you realize too, like, you know, shipping 50 boxes of something and individually packing those, that actually takes more time. I think than people think if you're individually packing, you know, that many boxes and, you know, in one day with one person, um, it's a good amount. So there was, yeah, moments where like, we're trying to get parts and, you know, we'd have a supplier, you know, 45 minutes down the road. It's like, no, 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 you're not going to ship it. We're going to go drive there, pick it up. Like we need to bring this like now, like, like when is this ready? Um, things like that. And, uh, part of it was, you know, I mean, everyone all hands on deck. So it was like the two of us, we had a classmate who's still our director of marketing and he was our day one guy, you know, complete, uh, Mike Carlson. And he's, uh, you know, advertising background, marketing media, but it's like, Hey, we're going to need to get your hands dirty and get on the grease <laughs> here with the, boxes, man. <laughs> with, with the, you're going to need to drill in some screws and, and set some bearings and things like that. And it was all hands on deck just in terms of having that garage startup scrappy mentality. And so, mm. you know, we'd be building products 
build them all night. I mean, you get some pizzas and you just get in there, right? It's a different vibe than now of having an assembly line and right. you know, actual production team that's, you know, really cranking out product in a regular cadence. So, you know, we kind of get that onslaught and we just be building, building, shipping. And, you know, the funny part too is, you know, we look back now, like none of those teams or anyone knew we were in a garage. Right. None of them knew we were in a garage, right? Like, you know, they'd call up, hey, I need, you know, a couple more units. And, you know, you just look in the back, hey, uh, you good for a couple more? Like, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's it's a funny story to, to think about. But it's just, you know, for us, it's even hard to take a step back to say, like, hey, the UFC champion of the world is using our product. And we're just like two guys sitting in a garage. And we're like, whoa, like, you start to realize that, you know, whether it's part of, how far you can go. And, you know, definitely I think modern technology helped with one 3d printing, but two, you know, just media and the sure. way people can connect to say like, wow, like we're sitting here in a garage and like we can get to that person or that athlete. Yeah, um, they can find their stuff and, and we can be one puzzle piece in their toolkit that helps their training. Um, it, it kind of, you know, like it sets you back and, and humbles you a little bit. So well, and we it's got to be, uh, it's gotta be encouraging too, though, right? I mean, to, to mm-hmm. sit there and think, look, we, especially for somebody listening who's not quite sure what it's going to take to start something up. Yeah. And they're probably imagining, like, I need, I need to start with a facility. I need to start with, like, this, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And you're like, dude, we can, we can literally pull up a couple lawn chairs and order some pizzas, like you said, and we'll crank out whatever we need to crank out. And we're literally yeah. here in a garage putting everything together by hand and we're shipping it to the biggest teams in the world. Like you don't yeah. need the massive stuff at the beginning in order to actually create an effective product and then actually to be able to market and ship that product. It doesn't require as much as a lot of people probably would think when it comes to starting a, a company or a business in general. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's the grind and persistence in that, in those early moments where it's tough and Hey, you don't really have any legs to to stand on. You don't have any track record or anything, but then, Hey, we created something and you know, these coaches really liked it. Like they genuinely liked our product. Hence where we were able to build up a lot of that credibility and rapport was they gave us testimonials unsolicited. Like, yeah, like I love the product. This is awesome. Like this is what it's allowing us to do. Um, simply because we never had cables on the road per se, you know, for some teams or, Hey, I'm at this, you know, facility, but I could only fit one cable machine, but it really can't program it in. Cause I have 20 athletes coming in and now I can get a couple of these and, and it really makes a difference. So that aspect that they really like the product that, you know, the product kind of, you know, spoke for itself. And yeah. when we look at it too, it's like, Hey, we've even met a better version. How did that one, how did they even like that one so much compared to what we have out now on the market? Um, but they really liked it and it was trying to, you know, capture that and also really be responsive on a relationship customer service standpoint, um, in the early days and and continue that now that, you know, built trust and relationships that we're able to grow off of that. Hey, you know, I, we kind of took the method, the methodology of, Hey, like if someone's going to sell you equipment in this space and tell you there will never be an issue, it'll never break, it'll never wear down probably not telling you the truth. Right. And we took the the mode of, Hey, well, you know what? We've done a lot of testing on this. We've really, you know, given it the gears and went through it. And if you're buying into us, what we're going to do is we're going to support you. We're gonna, hey, if you have an issue, you let us know, we're going to take care of it. You know, yeah. we're going to update you. If we change things, you know, we're going to be there. You just let us know. And I think the biggest thing that from just a, like a small detail standpoint that we still do today that I think really helped was we still put a handwritten address to the customer note in every package since day one. Um, and that's been huge because it, it not only has that, but it has used to have my number on everyone. Now we have other team members <laughs> probably, helping out that yeah, probably not it has the move anymore. <laughs> their email, it has their, their cell phone for direct contact so that you have a person to reach out to. If you have an issue, just let us know. Like we're going to, you know, we're going to approach it very objectively, very honestly. And Hey, if we can help you, we're going to help you, which happens 99% of the time. Um, and I think just that approach came back to, Hey, if someone did have something come up in the early days where they're like, Hey, I think this isn't working right. They ended up typically coming back and buying more, even though they need you because we just took care of it so fast. And and they're like, wow, like you're actually going to replace that or you're going to just fix that for me. Um, and I think some people were surprised by that from just, you know, other companies, I think the personable nature of it, but also that it was 
it was our company and we wanted to make it good and we wanted it to grow and we wanted it to be six and successful that we were willing to just like put in that work and that tirelessness to, you know, really grind it out for as many years as we did to get it to a point where, Hey, we, you know, built out a good team structure to kind of yeah. keep that in a, you know, more scaled fashion now today. And we're not talking about a long amount of time either from like the beginning to now. I mean, like, what four years like three or four yeah, years yeah it's been right? about so four years so officially a, started in 2019 so yeah, yeah so this is like a, a i mean a fairly short window that we're talking about so when you're looking back on those on those like garage days do they seem like they were a hundred years ago or does it seem like it was a week ago it's uh it's definitely a mix like some of it seems yeah. like forever ago but then at the same time time just flies by yeah that it's like wow like how long ago was that again um, but it, it, it definitely, it definitely does like, you know what I mean? For, for us just being in it so deeply and passionately that, you know, yeah. you lose track of the, the time for sure. Um, but I have learned more in the last four or five years doing this than anything else that I've ever done before. Like the amount of things they just, we've gone through that, yeah. whether it's from like legal and patents and HR and just, you know, having your people and to yeah. finance for the business and to marketing and social media and sales and customer service. And then having an entire production facility too, where, you know, it's supply chain procurement and, and assembly and testing and then design engineering. There's just so many facets where, you know what I mean? It's just been an absolute crash course and really diving deep. Like, Hey, we've got to figure this out. And if we don't know how to do this, we need to figure it out quick and bring in the right people and get advice from the right people who can help us out and get us I on the right path. A, so it's been like that nonstop. I think that's a good way to bring it up too, is when people think all of the, the learning that takes place, especially at the beginning stages of, of running a business or a company or whatever, the learning curve is insane. And that's one of the things that I always, there, there's a phrase that I, I've loved forever since an old business coach of mine had, had told it to me and it's ready, fire, aim is what he always used to say. Like just start with something and then adjust and refine along the path because you're going to learn more in those moments than if you were to sit back and try to get everything how you think it needs to be before actually even taking that first step, right? Like the, the minute you have Agreed. enough of an idea to get going on something, just get going on something. And then you'll learn all the different ways you need to dial it in and refine it on the way. Because like you said, the we're talking about four years. That's not a lot of time in company, in company land. You know what I mean? That is a very short window in the scope of most companies to have the, the trajectory that you guys have had. But like you said, the, at the beginning, those lessons that you learned, you'll, you'll learn more in those moments than, than probably any master's level business thing. That's just teaching you the For theory sure. of stuff. You know, it's, it's exactly. all about the theory, not the, how do I take this and apply it and actually get better at decision-making and get better at networking and connecting and being uh, sharper with the things that I'm doing in organization. I mean, there's so much that goes into all of it that you can't get unless you're in the, in it, doing it. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, totally. Because even for us in the first couple of years of our business, like the, the client list and testimonies that we had, people thought either we've been around longer than we were or, Hey, we had some large investment VC backed where, you know, we were yeah. able to get all these testimonials. And like, that's where I think people were alarmed that, wow, like in this period of time, you've been able to build up this client list at, you know, every level top, top to bottom from any professional sport or even on a countries and just different places. And so that's been really neat. But to your point of just, just starting, it was a huge thing, like getting what we would call, you know, an MVP, minimal viable product out there to get the feedback to say, yeah, where do we want to test it? And that's why too, we, you know, out of the gate, you know, Bootstrap, we tried to still maintain so much in house because it gave us the, like the control to like change quickly. And, Oh, this part actually isn't working the way we thought, or it's not fitting. We can change it because we have the engineering in house. We have the assembly in house. We can change things on the fly so much easier. And then yeah. that control was so much more valuable to us than saying, Hey, let's build the mold, let's throw them over to China and just make 
20,000 of these and then we'll come up right in. So for us, when we look back at it, like we're so glad we did it the way we did for, you know, a number of reasons, obviously the agility aspect, but you know, too, I think, you know, the way we're doing it is definitely better of, you know, we feel good that, Hey, we've been able to create jobs and, um, you know, got livelihoods now too. And it just brings a lot of meaning to it, which I'll, I'll talk about. But the funny part is like when we were in the grad school and we pitched it, um, it was not well received at all. Like really? it was not like, Oh wow, this is a great idea. You guys should go for it. Like it wasn't like really encouraged why? at all. Why do you think um, that was? Did they tell you why? I, you know, it was, it was tough. I, you know, we, we actually keep, kept some of like the screenshots of the, the grading and the comments we got on. Cause it was like a project for, you know, half a year when we had to present checkpoints and stuff. And, uh, most of the assignments were just pass fail. And this is always one that's funny for us. Cause it's either in a pass fail, you either pass or you fail, right? There's, <laughs> right? there's two options, right? There's, there's two options. On one of them, we got all bold caps. We got a low pass, which I'm like, I don't even like, it was almost like you just create another category cause you <laughs> didn't like it, but it, you knew it wasn't a fail. Like, so I, I think a lot of it was the fear was like, Hey, it's the idea was from just my experience in that, Hey, how do I know, you know, so many other people would want it the same way that I would want this product. Mm. And I, I don't think that's even true to, to say that because I think there's a lot of things where if you want something, there's a good chance. There's probably a lot of people out there. And if you can find those people and, and yeah. get to them and market to them and, and show them your solution, then I, you know, and you definitely have something going because even for us as a small company that so many people in the industry still don't know about us even though, you know, we've, we've done certain things and that's exciting for us that, Hey, there's yeah. way more growth out there. Mm-hmm. Kind of just tells you how big the world is, the market is, especially even just within the United States. Like it's just so big out there and there's so many people and so much opportunity. Um, and you just learn over time. And I think that learning goes from, you know, the problems only get bigger though. Like even with our company and I think any yeah. company grows successful company, you, your problems are going to get bigger. It doesn't, you know, you're not successful because your problems are less or they're smaller. It's just, they're bigger. So when we right. sit in the garage and think, Oh, do we want to spend a hundred bucks or $500? And now you look at the amounts we're looking at now. Okay. We're going to you know place a PO for this, or this is what we have to put in. And here's your payroll. Like, you know what I mean? You just, you get more comfortable, but the problems are getting bigger. The risk is getting bigger. But I think from a personal development standpoint is like, is your propensity to deal with the problems above that line of the mm. growth of the problems, right? And it's like, okay, yeah. if your personal development and, and you keep learning and you, you keep saying self-aware and, and persistent, as long as you keep that line of, of your propensity to deal with problems above yeah. the trajectory of that line of the problems yeah. growing, then I mean, it keeps you in a, in a good spot. And I think that's kind of you know how someone told it to me. And, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And I certainly resonated with that. So were there some things that you were doing to keep yourself sharp and and work on that? Like you had said, or was it like, I'm just doing this as this grows. So I'm realizing I'm seeing these problems and I'm doing, or were there some things that you were working on throughout this time too, personally, uh, for development to help keep you, like you said, above that line where I need to be able to deal with these problems as they scale up. Uh, what was that? time period like yeah it's and it's you know it's it's really tough it's a really tough process for you know and so many people that knows that you know, and have their own business and you know we took a very different trajectory not in getting investment and having investors because i think that really changes the dynamic and i'm not someone yeah. to say hey you should never go get investment depending on your company and your style and your background and what you have available like it might completely make sense to to raise money you might have to like so there's no right or wrong with that but the path that we took is you know we wanted to do it that way um, you know, you're, you're on your own. You don't have a boss. You don't have an investor that, you know, can one provide you money, but advice, but also, you know, you, um, you know, you're responsible to, to them and their, their money. But, uh, yeah. for us, it was one diving into it, but seeing out, Hey, who do I know? Or who do I know might know something about what I'm going through? Like, mm. you know, IP. Okay. How do you find the right patent attorney? Okay. Yeah. Should we be doing this patent search? Should we do it on our own? Should we pay for it? Okay. Should we file the provisional first? Should we like, you know what I mean? Okay. What do we do? And it's like, okay, well, I think uh, my neighbor back home where I grew up, he's an engineer and I think he had some patents. So he might know, let me talk to him. And then he might know <laughs> some, it's like, you know, I mean, stuff, stuff like that. And then, okay, my business partner, his dad knows a couple of people locally here that, you know, do uh, some accounting or, or do, you know what I mean? There's a lawyer here and, and then, hey, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, which used to be kind of the auto capital of Canada next to Detroit. So 
I had a ton of family friends who knew injection molding. They worked in tool and dye shops. Um, I used to work in manufacturing. So it's like, okay, they were the ones teaching us how to design a part for injection molding. So it's like things like that where like, we had no idea. Oh, we have to yeah. change the draft angle on the CAD model to this. Otherwise, it won't come out of the cavity, right? You know what I mean? Like it's so nitty gritty, right? And we yeah. would never know that. Um, but it was just to think, hey, I don't know this. This doesn't feel right. If I just send it here, I need to go ask someone and how can I find someone that's going to be willing to talk to me just because they're willing to help too and, you know, yeah. ask in the right way. And then, you know, down the road, it's been cool too to people who have really helped us out. Hey, how can we return the favor now that, hey, we've, we've grown and things like that. So yeah, I would say it's very tough, but a lot of it was, we didn't have a formal advisory board, but there was people who I would check in on. And one thing that I did was basically every probably three months is kind of quarter. Like I would send an update to just a bunch of people that I kind of just had on a list who were helping us of like, yeah. Hey, here's right. Even like I wasn't even asking for help. It was just, Hey, just want to keep you posted. Like this is where we're at. And, and a lot of people really liked getting the update. Like, Oh, this is cool. Like great job guys. Let me know if there's anything I can help with. Yeah. And a lot of times it allowed me to go back to those people and saying, Hey, like I'm in this situation. Like, how do you work through this partnership? I've never done an international partnership before with a company. Right. What should we think about? Um, things like that. And it was just the learning through seeking the advice and then thinking about, okay, like they came from this company and this is where they work. So I think maybe this half of what they told me is probably transferable to me. Like that was the toughest right. part, right? Sorting out like from what they said to what applies to you and kind of refining that filter was kind of uh, what I felt was like important and that I got better at over time. And it's yeah. still something, you know, you continue to work on now. One of the things that you guys did that is is encouraging is people see that as maybe not as much stuff is needed for them to just start right from from whatever business it is there's probably a, a level of i don't actually need tens of thousands of dollars and all of these different things to just get my idea off the ground but also what you guys mm -hmm. did that was really great was you found all these people with different pockets of information that applied to the various things that you guys were doing and what you needed. So like you said, you had a, a guy who was uh, in auto industry, like machine stuff. You had a, a, like a lawyer looking at patent stuff and all of these different things where you could kind of pluck what was useful, like, you know, kind of like Bruce Lee style, take what's useful, discard what's not and apply it to your guys' specific information. So, you know, the bottom line is there's people out there and there's probably, I would say, a high likelihood that you already know a lot of these people, you know, that have some sort of expertise mm -hmm. that can help you with just something. So go out there and ask. Cause like, I think people are thinking, yeah, for sure. Know, if I ask somebody to help me, then I'm they're all of a sudden now I'm obligated to that person to bring them in. It's like people are way more free with information than you think, especially if it's somebody that's just willing to help with their knowledge. Exactly. And that's the thing too, right? You say, I mean, you ask around and yeah, you mean not everyone will be maybe as, as free with their knowledge as others, but there's a lot of people out there who they want to help, you know, and they want to pass along they want to be able to share. And, you know, maybe if they can be a part of the story to push you along, then, you know, I mean, that's meaningful for them because, you know, we kind of have that kind of high tides mentality, you know, make everyone better off. And if you're able to contribute to that, then, you know, we're, we're all in because, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? If someone who you're helping can be successful, then the chances are, you know what I mean? You have a good relationship there that's going to help you in the long term as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to shift to a little bit as we, as we kind of start to close this down a little bit. I want to know looking into the future, like you guys are always refining and doing all these things. And you said you have like the 3d printed models of all the different yeah. sort of variations. And I always think of like the, like the, the instant thing that came to my head was like all the Iron Man suits, like the Mark one, yeah. the Mark two, like yeah. in, a, in a, in a glass case yeah. along the thing. So like what kind of things are you guys working on or, or maybe refining into the product that you guys are excited about? Definitely. So like I said, we have two kind of generations of the flagship. We'll definitely, you know, we see more room to make a, a more robust cable machine down in the future. And we're kind sure. of refining, you know, what goes into that and what does that look like? Because, you know, now we think about, okay, who are we designing it for? And when I mentioned, we've got so many different segments that, you know, we could approach and continue to grow into. It's kind of picking and choosing because, something for the physical therapy, athletic training world is going to be very different than strength conditioning to military, like, you know, I mean, all across yeah. the board. So, you know, we try to pick, okay, what, 
you know, where can we kind of cast our net that makes sense and, you know, build the features that we'll think works best for that, um, you know, segment of the industry. And so that's kind of where we're going now. And, you know, we definitely don't have any set like timelines or things that we're putting out there yet, but in the future, you know, eventually we'll, we'll have another, you know, newer unit that, that will come out and, you know, building on kind of the, you know, the heavier dutiness of each of our models. I think as we go along, we've realized, Hey, that's the direction we're moving into is certainly, you know, more metal in the product. Hence why, you know, we brought on and, you know, investing in the machine and equipment to be able to do that in house. And then it's the way our project is kind of building the ecosystem around it. So there's different mounts that you can put on any of the products that are interchangeable. So, you know, what other mounts can we have to make the product more usable out in the wild? And then, different attachments to it's, you know, regular carabiner clip on there. So people do handles and tricep ropes and ankle straps and straight bars and different waist straps. There's so many different things that you can kind of just make the product more useful and a little more specialized for different people. So definitely building up the ecosystem. And then there's a whole education side of it too. You know, what type of education can we invest in to, to help our customers? Um, and right now, you know, the way we kind of do that is connecting with a lot of different just partners or trainers who have, whether it's, online platforms or in-person train, in-person training that use our products and say, Hey, like these are great people. If you are looking for some more resources and kind of yeah. just, you know, refer people in the right direction right now, but to say, Hey, what can we make is kind of a little more incorporated offering for people to be able to engage directly with the product, you know, as soon as they get it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that we're going in and then, you know, additional technology in the product too. People have brought up, Hey, you know, digitizing it and things like that for mm. our performance side of the market of putting in, Hey, you can get your power output velocity, things like that. So a couple of different things we're kind of, you know, looking at right now that, you know, could add to what the product delivers for people. So, it, you know, it's exciting for us and, you know, the innovation aspect is, uh, definitely, a it's a, long process and, and a tough process, but, uh, it's, it's exciting when you can make something work well. That's awesome, man. Well, man, Isaac, thank you for making the time today. I was glad to finally catch up again after a handful of weeks and, and really dive into what you guys are doing. Cause it's awesome. And like I said, the, the, the product itself is killer. Uh, I had a blast using it when I was down there in South Carolina. And, uh, why don't you guys, why don't you, why don't you plug, where can everybody find it? Where's the, the links and everything so everybody can follow you along. Yeah, so you can find us at anchor, spelled A-N-C-O-R-E, training.com. So that's our website and all of our social media is all at anchor training. And that's where you find us. Most people find us website and social media. Um, and you'll see all of our products that we have there and, you know, contact forms too. And it's all humans on our end that will get back to you if you have any questions. And, uh, always love people too to stop by anyone who's ever in that northeast boston area that's where our facility our hq is and all the products come out of here and we love having having visitors by too so we always tell people hey if they're ever in the boston area let us know and uh have them in for for a tour and kind of show them how it's how it's built and how everything's uh pushed out the door to the world so that's That's uh that's the anchor plug right there that's awesome well thanks again for making the time man i really appreciate it Thanks so much, Rod. Really, really glad to join you. And thanks for having me on. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got- 